Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Woo! DMVR Draft Pod, Dr. Dre, Schwan Man, Justin Michael on a break, but he's going to have Jay Norvell in studio here in this week. So stay tuned for that. I think that's coming Thursday. Man, so much going on, Jake. Last time we did this last week, one shoe had dropped and it felt like more were to come. Now, I mean... It's a power four, and I don't know if the Pac-12 still exists. It's all gone down, man. Uh, you want to give a quick little recap for people who've been under a rock here? Sure. So I guess man, two weeks ago now, uh-huh. uh, was on Wednesday when Colorado, um, who has been rumored to go to the Big 12 for months and months and months, practically a year, honestly, uh, along with Arizona, Arizona State and Utah, Colorado was the first one two weeks ago. Um, and then Arizona was starting to pick up steam. Um, right. Just, th- just thinking about the whole thing now, how crazy it was. Okay. And then last week we start and we start to hear Arizona more and more. They're going to have regents meetings and all this. Um, and then I believe it was Tuesday night is when Arizona and uh, I think Arizona state had regents meetings. Um, they basically, I guess decided at that point what was going to happen. Um, and then that's when we heard that the big 10 was closing in on Oregon and Washington. And then fast forward to, so actually Tuesday night, everything's falling apart. Then yeah. you go Wednesday morning and all of a sudden we're hearing the PAC 12 has come to a last minute agreement. They're going to sign a media rights deal today. It's all going to be fine. Um, no, it was oh. basically just a meeting for Oregon and Washington to say, all right, show us the numbers there. I, I think there were numbers. We've since heard that, uh, what the media deal, I guess, was, it kind of leaked out. Yeah. Um, but at least way, there was a media aside. deal finally. Right. And yes, uh, exactly. Well, all checks out on why they drag their feet on this because the, the crappy media deal that could potentially be more than the big 12, but is all based around Apple TV subscriptions. And I mean, if mm-hmm. you're following the streaming wars and streaming business right now, everyone is cutting shows, cutting talent, uh, upping their prices. To think that the bubble hasn't already burst on Apple TV memberships and that somehow a Pac-12 without uh, the Denver media market or the LA media markets was going to salvage this league and bring in 30 million per school was just like a fool's errand. And that accelerated everything, right? 
Right. So I think the number that came out was around 25 million, but as you said, depended a lot on subscriptions. Anyways, that meeting happens. Oregon and Washington saw the numbers. They're like, all right, screw it. We're out. <laughs> yeah. Hit the Big Ten. Uh, and then later that night, we get a group announcement from the Big 12 that Arizona State, Arizona, and Utah are all joining. Yeah. Um, and that's where we stand now. <laughs> Pac-12 yeah. has four teams. Four teams in the Pac-12. Um, wow. I mean, where to go here? It's kind of what we sort of foresaw. The four corners schools from the from the pack go into the Big Twelve, and then Oregon and Washington go into the Big Ten. Do you think there was ever much flirtation with Oregon um, on the Big Twelve side? I, th- I think there was some conversations, but I think you know we we talked a lot about the Big Ten last week. I think and like what their next move was. Um, you know, you talk about the vetting of them that supposedly happened like last year. Remember when you heard about right, that as after right. the USC UCLA move, Oregon was kind of wondering, well, what's up with this? We should have ours. Um, I guess they kind of went through that process. So really they, they played it, I guess, a little smart because they didn't want to look like they were poaching uh, the PAC 12. But when you look back at it, I mean, they took the top four teams, basically. A hundred percent. They poached the PAC 12, like bar none. Um, and the Big Ten was always a slightly more appealing conference, right? Just because of what the Big Ten's been able to do in the last few years, what their media deal is, how the Big 12 10 network has performed. Um, and they just added, you know, UCLA and USC. We're going to frame this under a winners and losers game because there is so much to unlock. I do want to ask you about Stanford, though. What do you think is going to happen with Stanford and the rest of the Pac-12? Stanford's the most fascinating case in yes. this now. Yes, big time. Um, I mean, you want to frame why you think that is? Yeah, I mean, go back, I mean, not even too long ago, eight years ago, and they just won, what, three out of four Pac-12 titles? Like, they were dominating. They were sending guys to the league. Um, what's his name? The 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 um, defensive tackle went like second overall one year. Solomon or something, Thomas, or third overall. Yeah, he goes that high. Of course, Andrew Luck and all this. They're on the up and up, and then they got hit. You know, the portal starts to become more of a thing, and that's right. what happened to CU. Really, they couldn't bring guys in because of their academic restrictions. So because of that, you know, you immediately I think think of going independent, um, which I think I, it could be a solution, um, but you know going independent now just feels like such a risk you know you're not notre dame of course yeah and i mean byu just joined a conference um you know so it it's it's got its drawbacks um to not getting that money and then how are they going to sell stanford as a whole like they don't have an nbc deal like notre dame has waiting for them you know right i mean you would really have to sell the hell out of a 2024 schedule that yes. would have to have some bankers and you would almost have to do a per venue type deal and hope that could get you in the 30 plus um, right. million with the revenue you generate. But it's true. I mean, it's uh, they were on the up and up Heisman candidates galore. They've always produced great, you know, coaching candidates. Stanford's kind of one mm-hmm. of those factories. Um, it's the, program that has the most national titles you know all all schools right, yeah, period all encompassing yeah. all encompassing um and yeah i mean 
look, the the academic standards are are Ivy League. You know, I mean, there's a lot of schools with great academic standards. Duke, Notre Dame in basketball think. Um, but Stanford, I mean, Stanford is another level. I I've talked about how, you know, there there could be another world where like these football programs don't really have anything to do with being student athletes. They're merely athletes that are a marketing vehicle for the uh academic institution and the kind of money that a Stanford generates and an alumni base generates could change that. You know, that's kind of, that's kind of been a game changer for Miami as they've rededicated uh, money in, in, you know, slightly different circumstances. And, you know, it's the Bay area, it's that TV market. And I think J Mike was telling me how they, their, their intrigue on the big tens behalf was somewhat related to them coming would also potentially mean Notre Dame coming, which of course, right. Beyond the big dogs from the ACC, that's the Holy grail of the schools that are left out there, especially for a big 10 conference that while it has expanded heavily out West in the last year, uh, you know, obviously it's roots rely in the Midwest and being able to have that Notre Dame brand on board would be massive, uh, let's play some winners and losers, man. Why don't we start with a loser, though? Because I want to hear what's next for these four damn Big 12 schools. What's going on? Oh, man. Um, the biggest loser has to be Oregon State. Just yeah. you look at where their program is coming up uh, just the last oh. few years. They won 10 games last year. You get the Great point. probably the biggest transfer quarterback in the country to come in, which was their biggest like need coming into the yeah. offseason. You feel that need. And they lose their biggest rival and their conference just falls apart. I mean, that's devastating. And now you're probably going to have to take a step down, even though this program is in as good of a place as it's been in the last, I don't know, 20, 25 years, or maybe more. I don't know. thousand percent. Yeah, it's uh, it's rough. And I think, I mean, that has to be the only way, right? Like, is there any way to salvage this Apple TV deal that was on the table? I don't think so. I mean, I, the only thing that I think would be quote unquote saving them is this mountain West potential merger. And then, you know, you have, it's, it's a legitimate league. I mean, J- Justin talks about it all the time and um, you know, we don't talk down on the mountain West on this show. There's a lot, no, bring a lot of prospects. So fun league. I just don't know if it'd be, you obviously don't have your headliners. They're gone. Yeah. Be them Boise state, uh, San Diego state. So, um, and you're just not going to get, 30 plus mil, I don't think, in that conference. No, nowhere close. Um, nowhere close. I mean, you wonder what the Pac 12 network might be the biggest loser oh, in all of this. I mean, what happens to them? What happens to that commissioner? I think I just give the Pac 12 in general the biggest loser. Yeah. How, I mean, look, man, it's one of those where. I'm not going to sit here and bemoan the conference. The conference was great. It was a lot of fun, no doubt. Um, but the second you lost the two LA schools, it was over. I mean, yep. the tradition USC football brings, just think of all the Heismans. And I mean, just even what USC means for the Pac-12 football over the last 20 years. If if you don't have that peak Carroll stretch, we're thinking of the Pac-12 in a completely different way. And then, I mean, geez, UCLA basketball is is an institution. I mean, Coach Wooden and mm-hmm. all that they did. The second you subtract that and the L.A. market, 
which isn't just the LA market, the second biggest TD market in the country. In college football, the LA market is the number one market because New York isn't really a player in college football. And LA is so unique because the only, and you know, the NFL has come and gone. It's back now. But if you're in LA in the fall, you can feel it, man. Like SC, yeah. UCLA, Pac 12 football, those two squads, especially SC, are king in that town. Um, mm-hmm. And the second that conference lost that, it was over. But to now it be completely defunct and be defunct in this way um, and to just leave Stanford and Cal because Washington State, Oregon State, some ways they're not terrible fits in the Mount West and they might run the table. The Mount West might have a way out. Um, you wonder if maybe they have an in with the Big 12. I doubt it, but you never know. For like Cal and Stanford, this is just the pits, bro. This is the pits. I can't imagine being a Stanford fan and having all that tradition. I mean, all all sports. And now find yourself playing New Mexico State or Nevada. I mean, Utah State. No disrespect to any of those schools. I went to Western State, man. Like, I right. I fucking love all 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 D one schools, all FCS schools. I gobble it up with a spoon. Um, it's just so different, man. It is, it's gotta feel devastating for those fan bases. Even if they're telling themselves that it's not, it, it's gotta be devastating. Oh, for sure. And then I throw out Powell too. I mean, this team, yeah, they're, what are, what are they supposed to do? Cause they were holding on by a thread just in pack 12. And, uh, I saw a graphic on Twitter. I don't have it in front of me right now, but in terms of like schools with the most debt, Powell I think is up there at the very top too. So you almost wonder if this might be the end of their football program almost, kind of man. It's like it's it, a death blow. Yes. Kind of feels like it. It really does. Um, and I mean, you know, you think of college football, one of the top five things that come to mind is that Stanford Cal, the band is right. on the field. I, I mean, yes. I get chills just saying the band is on the field, right? So it's it's just crazy. But I mean, you know, we've seen it. We can't act like we haven't seen it before. The Big East was the king of basketball conferences mm-hmm. and like isn't a thing anymore. The Southwest Conference with schools like when SMU was a, a big dog are no longer a thing. You know, I mean, this uh this sadly is the way of the world but man those are massive losers and you do wonder how that's going to change the sport for us going forward um switching gears some winners for you jake oh man i'd have to say well arizona state um they were dragging their feet to leave the pac-12 for the big 12 and even now you've got their ad coming out saying i'm not going to morgantown and saying they tried like their hardest to, you know, get this deal done, even though the writing was on the wall for a year. I know it's crazy. And you just, you get gifted this ticket to the big 12. Now. I mean, the programs basketball has been okay. Football has its seasons every now and then, but they're just lucky that they're kind of in this geographical location, this four corners area to get tagged along in this because they, they were really trying their hardest not to make this happen. Yeah, it's uh it's crazy because what was the alternative, man? Sink what was the, the al- exactly yeah. exactly there is yeah. no other way. You you just there there is no other way. Absolutely. They were, 
they backed uh, Larry Scott a lot too back in the day. So, I mean, they've just had a bad track record of really trying to keep this conference alive. It's weird, man. It's weird. And of course we come from it from that Colorado perspective. And like, we didn't have that much long-term long, long-term, mm. uh, you know, attachment to the PAC 12. It was right. kind of just a thing in the last 15 years, but I mean, some, you know, I mean, if that was the conference you grew up with, I guess I could get it. Um, Colorado's a massive winner. I th- I think the Big 12 and like the schools who stuck this through yes. Yes. in the Big 12, um, you know, and I mean, that's what schools like Arizona State must be thinking is, geez, the Big 12 was in our same exact spot a calendar year ago using tech, losing Texas and Oklahoma arguably a bigger blow for the big 12 than losing the LA schools was for the PAC 12. And yet they stuck together. They added some really strategic, smart teams. I mean, Houston, Cincinnati, uh, BYU and um, UCF, man, in in retrospect, genius moves just to take those off the table for a PAC 12, you know, to strengthen itself. And because once they did that, they already kind of solidified themselves. And then to make these moves to jump on these other power five teams to remain a power five, now power four um, conference was was massive. The 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 calendar year the Big 12 has had incredible. I mean, and they played this so perfectly to where right their TV deal, every new member gets the same exact share. The Big Ten mm-hmm. can't offer that to Washington and Oregon. I mean, it's an incredible deal. All these new teams come in. They're going to be flushed with cash, man. In the NIL era, that's going to make you competitive right away. It's exciting. There's kind of a, you know, like it's it's up for the taking. Like really, the Big 12, it's almost like the conference itself is what has the longevity the rest of it needs to be built because you're now adding eight members, right? Is my math yeah. right? On that? Over the That's last insane. two years, eight new members. Eight new members. Um, how many are you retaining by comparison, Jake? I'm looking at it right now. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Yeah. So it's yep. eight new members, eight old members. And some of those eight quote unquote old members are like West Virginia, who I love. Yeah. <laughs> I love to hear West Virginia's getting shat on left and right. I bet you in Morgantown they love that. They're goblet. That, oh, for sure. That's Morgantown <laughs> yeah. for you. You know, it's like, oh, let, give me more. Give me more uh Morgantown slander. That's their that's their way of life out there. Um, it's gonna be a fun cross-country conference. And I mean there are some teams that can make some noise like TCU, Utah. Those are squads that in the playoff era have had more success than Texas, mm-hmm. than USC, than UCLA, Oklahoma, obviously a different beast. Um, so anyways, what the big 12 and they got a rebrand, I guess, has done yeah. to me is is arguably the biggest dub of all to where they they've now almost vaulted the ACC where, you know, For Florida sure. State, their ID is saying crazy shit. At a pep rally, the Big 12's the one, you know, <laughs> on the other end of the phone, like, hey, call us. We're here. Like, Tallahassee would mm-hmm. be great, you know? Yeah, just to build off that, I mean, the fan base is in Baylor, at uh, Iowa State, Kansas State, at Oklahoma State, yeah. uh, even West Virginia. 
I mean, those brands alone don't do anything. You're kind of yes. where the other four Pac-12 schools are right now. Um, so yeah, big kudos to them for sticking together and they got to be elated. Their conference was oh. literally saved. They're guaranteed, you know, at least through this media deal to be fine, to at least com- try to compete at this level, uh, whatever it becomes, the power three, power four, whatever power conferences we end up with. Um, so massive dubs for them. And as you mentioned, Colorado, I mean, my God, this team won one game last year. No, and no, no, no. for Rick George to be as aggressive as he was, what do you say? Uh, I, I, insane what CU has accomplished. Insane. Yes. Like just the four, the last four months alone is like, holy cow, where are we? It's like I've yeah. time traveled four years and four months, Jake. It is nutty, 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 yeah. nutty. They pulled this off and it was the first domino to make this. Yes. Little old Colorado was the first domino. I cannot believe it, man. Like what? what a world. Rick George, massive winner, man. Oh. Almost a legacy move for him. I mean, yeah, yeah. he constantly talked about how he wanted to leave this university in a better place after he was done here. And he's done that just this offseason by hiring Coach Prime and by getting them back home in the Big 12. You've solidified the now and the future. It's really remarkable. And they haven't played a game. They won one last year. It's Ooh, crazy. I know. Um you talking about how the schools in the big, the remaining schools in the Big 12 don't move the needle much it makes me think is there potential for a Big 12, Big 10, kind of what the Pac 12, Big 10 was? Like you've got some natural rivalries, like an Iowa, Iowa State that's always on the calendar, anyways. Colorado, Nebraska is out there. It feels like you could. You could string together a few things, you know, maybe Cincinnati, Ohio State could become a thing, you know, right. like um maybe a little non-conference series or something, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's a shame Texas and Oklahoma aren't there. Um Okay. But I've got more questions for you because there's just like so many angles you can take on this. Yeah. For uh, sure. We're gonna play some lightning ground always related to some of this. Winners and losers, I want to get into the ACC, the SEC. How would you feel uh, if you were one of these teams that made the move a calendar year ago? And now all these new teams are getting added to your squad. So, so, so much to unpack. But first, a shout out to our friends at Game Time, the number one ticketing app in the whole wide world use that code dmvr for twenty dollars off when you sign up they specialize in last second ticket deals download that app it's super easy to use super convenient you can see all the events going on in denver sports music wise you name it uh concerts galore it's where all the homies are getting their big tickets for the big summer concerts it's where i get deals for last second rockies games rapids games this summer you make it all happen right now. $20 off with that code DMVR at sign up. That's basically two free Rockies tickets right now. You can watch them take on the D-backs in a couple weeks when they get back in town. It's glorious. And everyone raves about their customer service too because they guarantee you the best prices on tickets. Um, so yeah, snag them without stress, downloading that game time app, create an account, use that code DMVR and get $20 off your first purchase terms apply again create an account and redeem code dmvr for 20 dollars off download that game time app today and enjoy 
And shout out to Shady Rays. Take on the sun with gear built to last with our friends at Shady Rays. Man, they've been coming in clutch. I'm up there in Boulder. It's up there sunny and beautiful. I have to have my Shady Rays out there. Um, And if you're going to any of these Rockies games or concerts out there, you need some Shady Rays. Every single pair is backed by the lost and broken replacement. Even if you don't like your Shady Rays when you get them, you have 30 days to replace them. No questions asked. Um, exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays giving out their best deal this season. Go to ShadyRays.com, use that code DMVR, and you'll get 50% off two or more pairs of their polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself. The Shades are at five stars by over 250,000 people. Booyah. And you know what it is. Breckenridge Brewery, a long, long time sponsor of DMVR, one of the true OGs. And it's because they are Colorado through and through, and they make delicious beer summertime is breckenridge brewery beer time man whether it's uh mountain beach you know you're a you're a sour guy jake oh yeah a nice lager for myself a strawberry sky they've got it for all man um palisade peach my mom's in town she's been enjoying some of that uh you know oh, it's uh it's the season Tis the season indeed. Breck, you gotta get on it. Have you had some Palisade peaches? Not the not the Breckenridge brewery beer, just some peaches. No, not yet. I did drive by a stand today and I nearly pulled over. Dude, by a you gotta case. do it. You gotta do it. Okay. It's true. Oh, yeah. It's like a, a ritual in Colorado. You must, and then you cut them up. A little, a little sugar, a little milk, maybe. Mm, delicious, delightful. Okay. Okay. Breckenridge Brewery, they know what they're doing, man. Just like I do when I pick up some Palisade peaches <laughs> off the side of the road. As always, to find a Breck beer near you, go to that Breck beer locator at breckbrew.com to find a Breck beer near you. Um, support them as they have supported us all these years. Jake, SEC, ACC, are they winners? Are they losers? Stay tuned. It's complicated as the Facebook status. What? How would yeah. you? How, how would you uh, project the 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 two conferences in the Southeast, true college football country, unusually quiet aside from a wild pep rally in Tallahassee. So let's start with the SEC because I just think they're they're content. I think they're okay with everything that's gone down. You still have Bama, you still have Georgia, you're getting Texas and Oklahoma. You're okay. Yeah. The ACC though, that is it is complicated and the house may be on fire because mm-hmm. people are freaking out. Uh Florida State as you mentioned is threatening, you know, all this stuff just any chance that the they can get to talk about this media deal and how it's, you know, going to kill the conference it's going through 2036 which is outrageous it's, it's terrible man it's it's a death so, nail. it's a de- <laughs> at those figures it's a death nail because the second the second new big 10 sec deals come out it's yep. it's a it's a free-for-all man it's a free-for-all so last year the through the tv deal they were distributed nearly 40 million dollars but you know, how long does that hold up? Because, you know, we just talked about the Big 12. This is actually a solid conference. And there's a chance that they just might be more competitive top to bottom. They might have better games and they might just have one or two teams really emerge as a power. Yeah. And you still have Clemson. You still have Florida State. 
Um, so you're really just tying your your bets to those two teams because other than that, you know, you're hoping for Miami to come up and yes. finally do something. Uh, you know, maybe North Carolina has a big year yeah. again. It's like that's what we're talking about. So um, they're the ones to watch for sure. Everyone's going to be peaking and everyone's going to be calling them. I'm sure Commissioner Yormark is already doing uh, his work, trying to work his magic out there <laughs> right. too. Um, they're on shaky ground, man. My read on the ACC is this is really going to come down to Fox. Um, they're both Big 12 and ACC are tied down by um, ESPN deals, essentially, right? But then the, mm-hmm. the Big 12 has some Fox in there. Um, right. I forget where else the ACC is distributed. The ACC, obviously, also has the ACC network, which is an ESPN mm-hmm. property, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Fox comes in. Ups the deal for the Big 12, says, you know, it's a bit of a wink wink, like, hey, let's 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 blow this bad boy up to 20 and let's go hunt the best yeah. basketball and football brands left out there. And that's no doubt North Carolina, Miami, Florida State, and Clemson. We can say Clemson, but Clemson's kind of a yeah, sure, I'll take them. But um Right. And then I mean Duke. Duke, absolutely. And the other thing is, man. These ACC schools better start looking around because next thing you know, you're you, there's four of you left, and all of a sudden you're done. You know, well, um, I mean, they took so much of the Big East. Like that was that conference that they took from, and that conference obviously kind of fell apart because they didn't really have a football powerhouse. Yeah, and they were great additions. They're great additions in basketball. You know, these Syracuses, these Louisvilles at times, but when it comes to football. I mean, you're really, really hoping that they just one of them, someone's got to pick up the slack here and try and become a some sort of at least conference power, if not try and be a national power. Most likely to start poaching from the S, from the ACC first. Which of the remaining big three conferences would you select? I'd say the SEC. Yeah, uh, makes so much quiet. sense, especially for FSU. FSU Clemson right. makes a lot of sense. And then, you know, you're so strong in football. Okay, cool. We'll add Duke in North Carolina and take uh take that rivalry and just blow up our basketball conference too. Sounds good. Right. And you have Miami too. Um, but I mean they've stood pat, you know, the Big Ten's up to uh, what are they at? Sixteen teams, eighteen now? I can't remember what they're at. Uh, Big twelve's at, at sixteen. Yeah. So the SECs, you know, I think they're going to feel a need to kind of catch up at some point pretty soon. I have no idea what their TV deal is like, though, um, just for right now. But the, to me, they would be the biggest player, you know, moving forward. Miami feels like such an outlaw program. They're also a private institution, um, so a little less beholden to, mm-hmm. you know, some of these, you know, state stuff that like Arizona, Arizona state trying to keep them together, what have you Right. to where I could see Miami maybe having more big 12 or even big 10 appeal. The rest, mm-hmm. I agree with you completely. Um, back to kind of the area of the country, you know, best is, uh, is SEC USC a loser in this USC, not the I, SEC. We cover yes. the SEC. I, I think they might be, man. I think that part of the appeal that they wanted to join the Big Ten is they would own that like Pacific slot. They'd be like the Pacific destination for the conference. Uh-huh. And now you've opened up the Pacific Northwest now completely. They might be throwing their hands up going, well, what the hell? Like, 
we thought we were going to be this destination. Now you just brought in our rivals and shit, man, you know, the big 10 with that move just felt awkward. Right. You know, when they added just USC and UCLA, it felt like they kind of had to add more West coast schools because that's just outrageous amounts of travel. Um, So now you kind of have more schools out there and that's why Stanford, I mean, they could fit into the big 10 too, if they really wanted to and reinforce that Western profile. But then it's, it's crazy because then all of a sudden you just have a whole Western division, which is basically the whole pac 12, what it just was. Right. It's basically like when, uh, you know, like Apple buys Google maps and then, you know, it's like Apple maps just became Google maps, you know? And it was like, Oh, okay. I guess nothing's really changed for me. The user, you just slapped a different name on it, but yeah, you're essentially, you've just purchased IP. Like you've done nothing else at that point. Right. Um, Yeah. It's interesting that take that they wanted to own the West they didn't Boy. even get a season to do that too. Like I know. I know. It was not even a full a... like recruiting cycle, yes. man. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's crazy. I wonder if in retrospect they're like, boy, it would be fun to be in the Big 12, be the big dog, own LA, right. own the West Coast. Lincoln can just run that shit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um do you think this makes Co- big name coaches more or less likely to stay at their jobs in college. Hmm. I still think that they're, you know, you still have your blue bloods. So I still think you're going to see, you know, this, the filtering to the top that we see for those eight to 10 schools. Um, I'm not going to name them all the, but your Michigan's Ohio State's yeah, yeah. Notre Dame's. Um, I truly don't know though. Like, because there's not a big a gap, you know, for especially someone say the coach prime at Colorado, even mm-hmm. like you're going to have to jump to the sec or the big 10. Like you have to, because the big 12, as it stands right now, has solidified themselves or at least neck and neck with the ACC. Um, so you're going right. to take a lateral jump there to a conference that has less stability in terms of its future with the media deals and all that. Um, I could see, you know, these coaches going on to the big 10 for sure, but, I don't know. I think there's an appeal to especially the Big 12 right now. Like it's an open opportunity, I think, for damn near every school, all those 16 schools, just catch some momentum here the next five years, become a national power. And all of a sudden, you're, you know, one of those Clemson, Georgia teams that just pencil into the playoff because we're going to 12 teams in the playoff too. And that's another whole thing because they they structured the playoff around the Power Five conferences. And then you're. Now there's not a power five. So you're gonna have to change the automatic qualifiers and they at large, like the structure of that. And they've already talked about doing it. It's, it's chaos. How this realignment plus the playoff structure, plus just the roster movement that the transfer portal and NIL era permits, what that's going to do to parody is fascinating to me, man. Fascinating because ultimately Ultimately, all that I care about is that these games matter week in, week out, that they're competitive, and that I can still get an upset on a random November in Texas or any side of the country that impacts another program on another side of the country. That's the shit I live for is Clemson (laughs) Clemsoning against whoever 
and Oregon being excited or Oklahoma State being excited or FSU being excited or Michigan or Cincinnati, you name it, man. But it's what makes the sport grand and great. And as long as we have parity, and I do believe we are maintaining a competitive spirit in this. If we weren't, that's where you would hear me say like, hey, we've ruined this sport. We've butchered this thing. Right. We've made it too front loaded for the blue bloods and it's just going to suck. And it's the haves and the have nots. I think the, the, yes, you know, I think the margins will still be there. I think the equality and parity in rosters will still be there. So I'm excited, but man, is it hard to predict like really hard to predict. Just to build off that, like my overall take on everything that's happened, you know, the last two years with realignment is, it does suck. It flat out sucks that we okay. lose some of these rivalries and we're not going to have them played at the end of the season in November because I still think a lot of these rivalries will succeed and continue to exist. I mean, I when you so. have everyone in a conference, that opens up this non-conference schedule even more, right. um, especially when it's an eight or nine team conference schedule. That's three or four non-conference games that you can anyone i mean you just got to find an open date and match dates up and then you know schedule these home and homes or even neutral sites as much as we hate them and a 12 team playoff should make it so that we the the cowardly scheduling hopefully is less and less right yes for sure because the the margins between a i mean though i'm sure that'll happen right like 2024 we're debating the 10 11 and 12 spot And it's, oh, there's that three-loss team who actually had a non-cowardly schedule. And then there's the two-loss team who only played Division II squads in their non-conference. And how do we measure that up? Um, The playoff committee is another thing we might want to revisit. That's one of the things I've really gotten out of all of this is all the perceived institutions of power we had in college football. Like, screw them. Let's reinstitutionalize them. Let's completely redo the whole thing because the NCAA, the playoff committee, the conferences, they don't know what they're doing. Like there should be someone at the top with some sort of long-term view for the entire sport instead of things just being changed by people who are merely looking out for their mere survival and personal interests. That's where you get yourself in trouble, you know, and I don't know how we achieve that. That's it. I want to talk about that. I just put on a bow on my like universal take. I don't know if I'm just a selfish fan, but I view this as better Saturdays throughout the entire season. Mm-hmm. And as long as you have great matchups week in, week out, and these conferences are competitive, I really it doesn't matter to me, honestly. Like it sucks we're losing these rivalries, but um I think that in terms of the quality of the games that we're gonna get on Saturdays now, yeah. just week in, week out, I think we've heightened that. And I'm excited, honestly. Um, but with that, it's something that Joel Klatt talks about with what you were saying, the overall governing body, because the NCAA is falling apart, basically. They have no power. Zero. And so they need they need an independent body that is not attached to the playoff, not attached to the conferences, not attached to just someone to help govern it all. You know, I don't even know what you call it. Maybe it's just the NCAA just figures it out and restructures. But you need someone looking out for all three, you know, the institution, the players, and the, the not the players, the student athletes and the coaches. And once that happens, then we'll be moving, you know, the future of the sport, I think, will be better off when we have that. But now at this point, it's just this is what happens. You just have chaos all the time. A hundred percent. And 
I don't know who that is, man. I mean, because in pro leagues, it's yeah. typically like. And you can't let it be the TV, TV, the TV people. You can't let that happen. We already seen what's happening. Well, I mean, no, because what you're what you're saying is exactly right. It can't be coming from the conferences, because the yes. conferences are just looking out for themselves. The conferences and the TV people, they might as well be the same thing. Like they said, they right. and as we've projected and others have, I mean, that might truly be the future of the sport is the Fox conference and the ESPN conference yeah. or what have you. Um, which like, God, please, please be more clever marketing wise. Yes, please. Uh, like, come on. We, we've a hundred years of tradition. We can come up with something better than like the TV networks. Name. Um, it, you're right. It can't be the TV money, but in a pro league, it's typically in an overly simplistic way who the money is coming from that is governing mm -hmm. it right which, which right. checks out it's like most walks of life um that's the problem with college football is the revenues coming from all different sources for right. all these different programs um so yeah we got to figure out some sort of path forward it is the wildest billion dollar industry I could think of, man. Insane. It's crazy. I mean, it's only football that's as entertaining as it is on the field as it is off the field. It's insane. I know. I know. Well, you're finding that out for sure. Um, firsthand. Yeah. yeah, firsthand indeed. Um, I mean, it's, I'd have the same question I had for the coaches on the quarterbacks. Are these big name quarterbacks more likely to stay in school? more likely to leave for the NFL. That's another thing. I think the rookie scale has kind of run its course and we need to rethink that a little bit. Um, this whole running back stuff with, you know, yeah. it, I mean, if that can't get you to address this, I don't know what will. Um, but I mean, well, it's just... some of this is so hard to predict. It's like it, impossible. Right. Well, it's fascinating you mentioned the rookie scale and where the NFL is in terms of their collective bargaining agreement because that's you're seeing it now where we we saw it last offseason. Blake Corum came back to school because he knew he would probably make, make more money at Michigan than he would as a rookie in the NFL getting drafted. You know, he probably would have been a first rounder, but, you know, top 40-ish, top 45-ish. So even if he was drafted yeah. as a second rounder. He would have been just with the injury, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, but yeah. He exactly. would have been getting paid way more this year at Michigan, which is why he came back. You have a chance to win a title, like hang out with your guys and play for Coach Jim Harbaugh again. And why wouldn't you pass that up to go risk playing for Houston or Arizona right now? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the old argument was you're starting the clock on that. Second yes. contract. Well, what we're seeing with running backs is they're not even getting that second contract. And yeah, for sure. So why bother? Um, but yep. yeah, no, we that has to be figured out. Here's my last question for you. We love, and this is of all the realignment things, one of the things I worry about probably the most. We love when a conference has a football style a style yes. that defines it, a style that I could turn on the game, not know who the teams are, not recognize the helmets, but within two possessions be like, oh shit, this is a big 12 game, you know, mm -hmm. um, or the old big eight had that. And obviously the PAC 12 has had that at different moments. And the SEC has a certain vibe and the big 10 has a certain vibe. Um, 
do you think we're going to lose this as these leagues become so big and almost like two separate conferences that merged into one? Or do you think in some ways the competitiveness and adjusting and seeing what your rivals do and the other teams across the bend do um, will, will still maintain that? Um, I guess two answers. I think for the short term, no, because just looking at the big 12, look at who they added. I mean, you added teams in Cincinnati, UCF, uh, BYU, um, other ones forget. I can't remember the other one right now, but these teams have been in Houston. They've been involved in some just firecracking games where the scoreboard is completely lit up. You add in Arizona. Now Utah has been putting up points too. Colorado is going to put up points this year. I think you still see that in the big 12 where it's like uh, the quote unquote fun conference where Mm -hmm. it's just a lot of spread teams are going to be scoring a lot. That's like what the pick pack 12 is already turning into basically. Um, So I think you still see that you're still going to have the SEC be your quote unquote, like NFL junior conference um, with the big, you know, big, strong guys in the trenches. You're going to have some beast linebackers and running backs and then just some out of control skill guys, you know, maybe a little down on the quarterback as usual. And then the big 10, it's going to be kind of the same, just a lot of, I think, ground and pound teams still. Um, You do add some of the flash from out West, of course. Yeah. But those Rose Bowls the last few years have been very high scoring and very competitive. I mean, Utah nearly beat Ohio State uh, two years ago. So I think right. we still see some of that. As for down the line, though, I, I it's tough to say at this point, but I think that I would bet more so on these conferences keeping those styles at this point than just becoming, you know, muddy. There's a lot of changes that, that have been talked about, too. I've heard a lot of coaches throwing out um, bringing hash marks to NFL size. Really? Um, which would change the game completely. Yeah. Um, I'm not glad I like that. Um, Jed Fish was asked at Pac-12 Media Day in the press conference, what changes would you make to college football? And that was one of the first things he said was move the hash yards you know, to NFL length. And I've heard it. I can't remember who else said it too. Um, but there was another coach that said that. So I don't know. That's okay. something to look out for. That would completely change what college football is. Yeah, it sure would. Um I'm so glad we ended it on this because, of course, anytime we do a more college football heavy draft pod, I feel bad. But I mean, this is this will define the future of our sports. We yes, we maybe get a little redundant in saying that sometimes, but I think we've been pretty spot on and pretty ahead of the curb on this weekly podcast when we have these conversations um and then like we're very unsurprised when the kind of moves that happened last week happened and are exactly what we were talking about or um in a few years when you know ohio state is just a spread school like oregon washington us uc usc and ucla which they already are you know and they're almost like the the fifth western team um and we and you almost see like it's like yeah it's the same conference but there is this stylistic divide within the conference based yes. on geography, which would be yeah. fun to see. Or maybe those teams become more Big Tenny, you know? Um, right. And yeah, the Big 12 should be as Big 12 as it's ever been. Yes. Um, like that conference, you, massive dub, man. Massive you dub. You said it, man. Like with, I mean, the, the programs they added, that's, that's them to a T, except for potentially Utah. And there's always right that kind of that black sheep in the in the conference that can use their black sheepness almost to their advantage. 
And the Big 12 right. actually has a few of those because they're they're not too similar to like Kansas State or Iowa exactly. State who can kind of like yep. bring bring the bring the thunder when everyone mm-hmm. else brings the uh the air raid to town. I, I just can't wait. It's gonna be a fast I I mean honestly I what sucks is if anything, while I'm a very excited for the 2023 college football season, I've never been more excited. I know for the 2024 season because the new the realignment Same. plus the playoff format's going to make 2024 an all timer, an absolute sure. all timer. I cannot wait. Um, so yeah, we've got. I mean, Jake's Jake, Justin, Broncos guys. Everyone's at camp before we know it. Preseason football's here. And college football regular season games are here. So we've got some catching up to do on the pod. Jake and I will hit you on Wednesday, and then I'm going to have a, a little surprise for you at the end of the week. Jake, DMVR buffs, check out all the great stuff he's doing from camp with RK, Neely, and the whole gang. Um, and yeah, we will be back before you know it with more draft pods like this. Thank you. Goodbye.